The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I want to talk about some gas prices, and I'm happy to welcome back uh, petroleum analyst, uh, the man behind GasBuddy.com, Dan McTagg. Hey, Dan. Oh, good to be here. How are you, Jillian? I'm, I'm really good, thank you. Hey, last um, last half hour we were talking about sleep and how the fact that most of us aren't getting enough sleep or not good oh, sleep. Yeah. How are you sleeping these days? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, and between uh, what's happening on the East Coast to the West Coast and uh, uh, California and, of course, Vancouver, uh, it's just uh, 6 a.m. until uh, about 11 p.m. So that's, that's what I thought. days now. Yeah, it's starting to grate. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what happened in, uh, what was it, Vancouver today. I think uh, gas prices hit uh, another record at $1.71 a litre. Yeah, 170.9 uh, was the number they had yesterday. Uh, it's 169.9 now. Going back to 170.9 for Good Friday tomorrow. And uh, I just figured out the calculation and the time in which we uh, started this conversation. It looks like it's 171.9 for Saturday and Sunday. So uh, smashing through all records, no city has ever paid that much at any given time in history. Uh, even uh, my friends in California, who I'm doing plenty of interviews with, uh, might be despondent over a buck 43, which is about 403 or 404 a gallon turns out to. But if I, when I tell them it's a buck 70 uh, in, uh, or the equivalent of about six bucks a gallon, they, uh, they suddenly uh, take, change their tact. It's very, uh, it's very depressing. So Dan, what's happening there? And I know there's been some questions about if it has anything to do with what's happening here in Alberta. Uh, can you expand on those? No, it has nothing to do with Alberta. The, the, the fact is it has more to do with uh, refineries in the uh, Pacific Northwest in Washington State going through extended periods of maintenance, uh. Uh, compounded by six of 13 refineries now in California that have run into trouble and are uh, losing production capability. They're down about 5 to 10%, and that's creating a bit of a shortage, and that, of course, is cascading into all prices into the uh, Pacific uh, region, which, of course, includes Vancouver. Uh, the lower mainland, uh, and yes, even unfortunately because of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, mm. uh, as near uh, as the BC Interior, Kamloops and Kelowna are also paying extraordinarily high prices, yeah, considering uh, where they normally are relative to Edmonton. Uh, well, you brought it up, Trans Mountain, the expansion delayed, uh, the announcement uh, delayed on that uh, once again today. Um, they're continuing on with what they're calling the Meaningful uh, Indigenous Consultation. Um, your thoughts on, on what's happening there, I mean, you. This is energy is your business. You also spend a lot of time uh, in government as well. Well, this has been going on for a year. Uh, how long does one have to be to be meaningful? Uh, at the end of the day, I think we shouldn't kid ourselves. Those who are opposed to this will continue to be opposed to it. Uh, so I'm not seeing this as anything more than a potential. Uh, the cynic in me and former member of parliament says this is ready to meet the House of Commons calendar. Mm-hmm. If you look very carefully, you'll see the House will probably rise around that time, the middle to end of June. Uh, it still has to be decided, but uh, I've been through this routine for dozens of years, and it looks like this may just uh, get uh, kicked down the, the lane a little further uh, with everybody then focusing summertime, the barbecue circuit pre-election uh, movement. So uh, with the parliament coming back until sometime in November mm. after the uh, federal election, whoever should be the 
the successor, it looks like uh, 2019 is a scratch as far as getting any movement on the Trans Mountain. Your thoughts on uh, BC Premier um, Horgan and his stand on, on all of this and, um, you know, the, the fight against the expansion and what it could or will mean for his province and what it, what's happening there right now with those gas prices? Well, I'm hearing a lot of people saying, look, this uh, particular blockage of the pipeline wasn't because of Horgan. It was because of uh, uh, other organizations, mm-hmm. indigenous groups, uh, environmentalists, and uh, you can't blame him. But no, his position is very clear. Uh, I think he's made it very, you know, abundantly public that he will use every tool at his, at his disposal to prevent and to block this, unlike the previous government, which actually gave this a pass. The effect of doing this is uh, obviously uncertainty. It's already cost you and I $4.5 billion bucks because there was a risk that uh, the company was simply going to yeah. shelve the whole project. We know that it's in the national interest. Uh, at the end of all of this, of course, uh, it seems that the people who are losing the most of this is, in fact, British Columbia. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, from Kamloops all the way down to Vancouver are paying uh, significantly higher prices because there really isn't an, an alternative. There aren't, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to ask Americans to ship more gasoline when they haven't really enough for themselves. You can't get more gasoline into that uh, stuffed Trans Mountain pipeline at 300,000 barrels a day. So, you know, in all the wrangling and all the fuss and the muss and the fights, uh, this pipeline would have been near completion by now, especially the first line, the existing line, which was supposed to be augmented by 50,000 barrels a day, not of heavy oil, but of light oil and possibly lighter fuels like gasoline and diesel. That, you know, when you look at difference in prices, take away the taxes for a moment, Jillian, a buck seven for Vancouver, uh, uh, only 84 cents for uh, for Edmonton. It doesn't take 23 cents a liter to push gasoline in abundance in Edmonton all the way down to Vancouver. So there's an option that was there, but people are going to continue to pay through the nose as long as you have a government that's taking the view that uh, it has to block this pipeline at all costs. Yeah, when we're looking at um, yeah the gas prices and you know the carbon levy, the carbon tax, whatever you want to, to call it, how, you know what are we looking at right now? Uh, BC, Alberta. Uh, that sort of stuff with with where it's happening. Well, I mean, the tax altogether at a buck seventy two a liter is about almost fifty three cents a liter. Uh, if I look here in Alberta with the existing tax, carbon tax, and the tax structure, I'm looking at about thirty five cents, mm-hmm. thirty six cents a liter. So there's a an automatic you know advantage that uh, Alberta has even in with these high prices twenty three cents federal provincial uh, plus six point seven thirty one plus five. So say thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight cents top end. Mm-hmm. I have to really look at the price because if it's a dollar twenty four versus a dollar twelve is a differential on the GST. Mm-hmm. But that, too, is a signal as to why prices are as high as they are. Vancouver relies on the United States, it relies on the Trans Mountain, and it has a tiny little refinery there, uh, the Parkland refinery. Uh, it's just not enough to meet their own needs. And, of course, that you compound that with uh, the uh, Vancouver Island Victoria market, which also relies on U.S. supplies and uh, what little we have uh, in their own backyard. So it's it's a really bad situation, and if anybody's suggesting there's nothing they can do about it, uh, it seems to me that governments have to move on the tax side. I know because I did that twice when I encouraged my government of the day to at least provide some form of rebate mm. to people, or at least to get his foot off the proverbial uh, gas pedal, pardon the pun, when it came to these <laughs> high prices.
want to get your uh, your thoughts on just a, a couple of things. Um, during his uh, victory speech the other night, uh, Premier-elect Kenny was talking again, and he has been talking about it through the whole campaign, about uh, turning off the TAPS Bill 12 that he says that uh, he's going to implement um, um, uh, April 30, or in May, the third week of May, when legislature uh, sits for the first time. Your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. And also, when uh, the chant was going on, build that pipe, build that pipe, he said, no, no, no. When did we ever get uh, satisfied with just one? We have to look at more than one and was looking towards the east and kind of extended an olive, olive branch to uh, Quebec Premier Legault, um, which he poo-pooed, uh, went on to poo-poo yeah. that. But your, your thoughts yeah. on, on, on all that talk, that, that, um, those, that messaging? Yeah, I think we're going to need a federal election to settle the, mm. the dust. I mean, Quebec is not opposed to a pipeline, despite what political leaders there like to think. Hmm. They just don't want to get the 30% hackles up. And the federal government's also got to find some spine. Uh, you know, I note today that the, the, the government of New Brunswick, where the pipeline would have ended, could have created tens of thousands of jobs of energy, <laughs> is on the verge of financial collapse. I mean, that should sink into Canadians. This is not a third world country. This is Canada. One of our provinces is very close to going to, into bankruptcy. And so if you have a province saying no, uh, you know, stymieing, potentially creating problems in the federation, that's where the federal government has to get creative and say that we have the ultimate authority here. And, uh, you know, if you want to save 10 seats in Quebec, that's fine. But you're not going to take the country with you. I mean, I'm not that old that I would remember a time when we did have prime ministers who stood up <laughs> and made sure the interests of the country came first as opposed to... Uh, you know, regional bickering, as I think uh, Justin Trudeau's dad once said, uh, you know, I'm not going to act as federal government's head waiter uh, catering to the interests of various provinces. Uh, if you don't have social license uh, and you don't have social agreement, then perhaps they should stop cashing Alberta's checks when it comes to equalization. And I'm not being pedantic. Oh, you're poking the bear. No, no, but seriously, I, this is the stuff that maintains my, my dad's in a hospital right now. Yep. How are those bills going to get paid? We have an infrastructure in this country that's, that's reliable. We had, I saw my federal liberals pull us out of a national debt because we had money coming from the West. We had uh, a great economy. Yeah. Uh, things are going well because we had pipelines delivering oil at reasonable prices. If Canadians don't get that, then they ought to get very familiar with what it's like to see uh, provinces and government debts going to such an extent that we teeter on, on the for, uh, uh, on the verge of financial bankruptcy. Well, Dan, you know that um, you know equalization uh, payments, and I don't want to get too far down that hole because no. that's a whole different hole. But the, in Alberta, I mean, that is a huge that has 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 ticked off so many people in this province for so long, and we certainly saw that during this last election. Okay, a pan Canadian view, putting Canadians first, regardless of where they are in the country, is important. But we have to recognize that uh, while Alberta was on its knees, losing 130, 140,000 jobs, yeah, hundreds of billions, and I, I say that, tens of, not hundreds of billions of dollars being extracted from the economy because there was no more pipeline being pipelines being built, regardless of the downturn, which is now an upturn, it seems to me to be uh, rather silly that you would, uh, you know, you would gore the, the golden goose and, and <laughs> really slap the very hand that's feeding you. And, you know, I'm French-Canadian. I, my mom's from there. I speak the language as fluently as anybody else. Uh, at the end of the day, I speak to a lot of those people in my work here at Gas Buddy. They are not opposed to this pipeline. It is the political elites in that province, and I think it's time for strong political people in Ottawa to measure up, uh, develop, develop a bit of a backbone and stand up for this pipeline because, to me, it made absolute sense. 
sense. Most of that pipeline is already built, and you could create tens of thousands of jobs in a region of the country that desperately needs it. That's the Canadian way. I, well, I mean, uh, the Trudeau Liberals bought it at, what, $4.5 billion? Um, are you optimistic <laughs> that it's going to, it, it will be approved? Well, I think they're going to rag the puck until after the election. I, I, really? I It's approved already, as far as I'm concerned, and I would have taken a very different tack with the federal court, given it was the same justice that we saw in Northern Gateway, who wanted all sorts of new changes. We uh, bent over backwards for her. The Harper government was able to get Northern Gateway approved, only to have the Trudeau government spirit. And then the same judge comes out and finds new reasons to, to oppose most of those reasons. And I'm not going to take into, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not there to disparage the our judicial system, but our political leaders at the time should have damn well referred the thing to the Supreme Court of Canada or used declaratory powers and said, sorry, uh, this is too important. Uh, you can have your little musings about, uh, you know, orcas and whatnot, but the interest of the country comes ahead of the uh, of, of the uh, judicial positions taken by some of this country who uh, obviously are want for trying to make a name for themselves. I wonder if um, it's being held on to, the announcement of it being approved is being held on to until we're into a full-fledged election campaign. Well, it'll... It, it, that wouldn't be a bad thing, but it would also be seen as a very cynical move. It would. Could have done it two years ago. Yeah. And uh, BC wouldn't have had to go through the pro- pro- problem of a buck seventy-five a liter for gasoline. Yeah. This, by the way, is going to create a lot of dislocation, and I've, you know, I'm already seeing a lot of back and forth on the constitutionality. Mm-hmm. Look, if Alberta can, needs to get its fair price for its heavy bitumen and can send that down that pipeline rather than putting gasoline in there uh, or diesel or light fuel, they have every right to do that, uh, both under... And you can't use the trade sections, the trade uh, imperative under Section 21 of the Constitution. I mean, there's to me, there's all sorts of people going back and forth on this. At the end of the day, it looks like Rome is burning and these guys are fiddling with uh, all sorts of technical jargon back and forth. This pipeline was approved. It ought to have been built by now. The fact that it isn't is, in, in my in my view, uh, a disgrace and a stain on the federal on the federal system we have. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to take an election to try to resolve this. You know what, Dan? I have to tell you, um, your message is resonating with a lot of my listeners. They're like, "Come on, can you get him to run again?" <laughs> uh, no, I'm from Ontario. Look, I was there in 1981 when the taps were turned off, and I yep. realized at that point how the federal government, my party smartened up very quickly and realized, uh, look, it's in our interest and their interest that everybody, you know, has their paddle in the water rowing the same direction. If someone wants to jump out, by all means, but pay for yourself. Uh, before I let you go, uh, again, it's uh, Dan McTagg from uh, GasBuddy.com, of course, a petroleum analyst. You've got that over listening to him for the last uh, 20 minutes. Uh, folks are just wondering uh, what prices are going to look like here at home, uh, Alberta-wise, for the next little bit. What are you thinking? Well, I think they'll probably come down as soon as the new government's in place and it scraps 7.1 cents yep. on a liter of gasoline. Uh, I think you're going to look at probably average prices moving up maybe about 3 or 4 cents a liter, okay. but that's really in line with what's happening south of the border. Strong economy. People are, uh, you know, taking to their vehicles. Uh, uh, there's a continuation of a, uh, of a decline in, uh, in a tightening of world oil uh, supplies. And, oh, by the way, did I not mention... Heavy oil is in massive demand, given what's happened in Venezuela and Mexico mm. and Saudi Arabia, saying uh, nuts to the United States. They're not interested in selling heavy oil. Canada, if we got that pipeline working tomorrow night, at least what we have there now, I can tell you every barrel, would, we wouldn't have wow. to worry about selling to Asia. The Americans are snapping up in a second. Oh, wow. You know what, Dan? Always great to talk to you. I hope you have a, have a lovely long weekend. If you get a yeah, long have weekend. Yeah, have a we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you so thank much. You. Oh, just cut him off. Dan McTagg again from GasBuddy.com. I always do that. I'm still trigger happy there. Um, uh, gasbuddy.com always a great conversation always uh, enjoy uh, speaking with him we'll take a break here back with more on the 630 chat afternoon news